0: Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bit with The Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close to person with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we got a great one for you. In fact, we've got someone coming back and we're excited about this. Yes, so we have? return
1: guest. Yes, we have Lance Carpenter Hi. with us today. He's a singer and songwriter. He has penned hits of contemporary country radio while staying true to his traditional background. Growing up on a farm in Ozark, Arkansas, Lance moved to Nashville in 2011, and within 18 months, he signed his first publishing deal and secured two major cuts. Lance achieved his
0: first number one hit by co-writing Kelsey Ballerini's single, Love Me Like You Mean It. And we're excited to have him back. So, Lance, welcome to the show. Uh, Uh, Thank you,
2: Chris and Sandy. Appreciate it. It's good to be back.
0: So, last time we talked, I think we were in the very middle of the pandemic. ah, uh, yeah. So let's go are. there first. Mm-hmm. How since then has it really affected you and what have you done to kind of maneuver through this?
2: Man yeah 2020 was just such a, a big pause button for everyone yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, for, for us touring artists it took us off the road and uh, so I just kind of dove into writing quite a bit while I was. I spent a lot of time back home in Arkansas. My uh, my family went through some some health struggles. My mom got diagnosed with breast cancer right at the beginning <laughs> of the thing. And so the first four or five months, I was between Houston, MD Anderson and Arkansas, trying to take care of her, take care of the farm,
1: you know, yeah,
2: do the- and laundry and all that. Uh, and then around, I think it was around August or so, I got to come back down here and start writing a little bit. Well, then in October, I had foot surgery and I couldn't walk or drive for four months. Oh and wow! My mom was healthy to the point to where she came to Nashville for you know, a month or two and stayed with me. Oh, cool.
1: okay, uh,
2: but after after 2020 got out in 2021, kind of kicked in. You know, January is a fresh start for a lot of folks. Things started right. up here in the spring. Uh, started writing more songs. I'm back on the road now, so I'm just I'm glad that the the rear view mirror in the car is so small and the windshield so big. You don't want to look back too much. You want to focus on four. <laughs>
0: Wow. So how has that been getting back on stage after all this time? It's been great,
2: man. The first time, my first rehearsal with the band, we got in there and I thought, if we can just get through this and I don't drop the guitar and forget every no. other word, we're going to be all right. But it was one of them, the first couple of songs, once we got them in, it was just kind of motor muscle memory. And it felt like we'd, we hadn't <laughs> been off the road, but for a few weeks and the first time at a show in front of people, uh, everything went great. And and it felt felt fun to be back on stage and in front of people.
0: You know, that's like for us, you know, we launched this show, as you know, January of 2020, and the original plan was 100 interviews our first year, mm-hmm. and then COVID happens. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, this might be our opportunity. Yeah. You know? okay, <laughs> as a there. brand new show, artists, songwriters, actors, and all that. Might be willing to come on a brand new show that they normally wouldn't be willing to come on because of the situation. Yeah. So we just reached out to everybody, and because of that, we're over four hundred interviews since.
2: Man, that's awesome! Big yeah. props.
0: I, I haven't, I, you know, I guess around the four hundred mark. I quit counting. We're probably about four thirty or so, but you know, I've right. just, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, I'm tired of counting now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Keep up with everyone. Um, that'll be a good number to keep up with everybody. Yeah. When
0: we get close to five hundred, oh, yeah, then so I'll be okay. Tallying. We'll be talented yeah. again, and you know, because yeah, I, I know about,
1: because
0: yeah. yeah, I know yeah. about where we're at. Yeah. Right. Um. So, you know, everybody would ask, um, when did you know you wanted to do music? I always like to go deeper. When did it click that this could be a career move for you? For me, I uh, it was pr- there was a.
2: A, a cruise that I went on, Alabama and French cruise that was in October of 2013. And I had already moved to Nashville. I'd already signed a public mm-hmm. deal, but I was still working for FEMA. Uh, I traveled the country with the Department of Homeland Security and did disaster response and recovery. Oh, wow. And I met some guys on that trip. It was Alabama and Diamond Rio, Craig Morgan, a bunch of big mans. And then there were some smaller huh. bands at the time. Natalie Stolval was there, Laura St. Jane, uh, uh, Joe Bachman and his band a few others and one night joe bachman's band left a guitar on stage and said if you want to anybody wants to jump up and do like a live cover song feel free we're going to take a break and i jumped up
0: (laughs) took your opportunity yeah yeah
2: i jumped up and sang one of my songs and they came up to me and 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 chris oz uh who's a good friend of mine now and we ride a lot together he, he, he said man he goes i've never heard that whose song is that that you did and i go oh i wrote that he goes, man, you should go to Nashville. And I'm oh, like, wow. oh, I I live in Nashville. And he goes, Well, man, in Nashville, there's these things called publishers. Have you ever met with a publisher? I said, Yeah, I'm signed to to bigger picture music group publishing. And he goes, Oh, you do this for a living? And I go, No, it's a hobby. I work for the government doing the response. He goes, Wait, what? And it was we got back to port in in Miami. And I, I had like four hours before I could check in my flight. My girlfriend at the time was flying back to LA a lot earlier than I was going back to Nashville. And I sat down and I wrote my resignation letter and I emailed it to myself. Wow. And two weeks later I opened it and I read it and I thought, you know what? I want to do this full time. And I sent it into DC and got an email back that said, good luck in the music business, Carpenter.
0: And the rest is history. Huh? Yep. <laughs> Cause, yeah. Cause, and let's talk about that. You know, you, you get to Nashville And 18 months later you're riding with Kelsey, which of course a lot of people didn't know who she was at that time. I remember last time you told us a little bit of that story. Tell us that story. I love that story of how that that just came about and it wasn't supposed to be what it is.
2: Yeah. uh, I moved to town in February of 2011 it was probably 2014 when I met Kelsey Uh and she had just signed a publishing deal at at Black River uh, as did Josh and, and her producer. Forrest Whitehead was my roommate at the time <clears throat> and we would get together on Monday nights around six o'clock and, and write or hang or go eat dinner or watch a movie. Kind of just, that was our time to just chill. Even though we were roommates, we were so busy. We had to schedule oh time to God. hang out and write. And on this Monday night, we were, me and Forrest didn't have anything started. And he goes, Hey, Josh and Kelsey's up front. Do you want to go just hang with them tonight and see if they want to stick around? Oh, dude, that's a great idea. I'll order pizza and we'll just mm-hmm. get to know them and we sit around for a few hours and before you know it you get four songwriters in a room an <laughs> idea came out and you know we were listening to music and and something came out and we thought well shoot why not pull the guitars out and see what can happen and and that's when we wrote love me like you mean it
0: wow, wow. And, and and you know when you talk to a lot of different songwriters very seldom have we seen that people actually said you know what i want this to be a hit it's just a group of people getting together, <clears throat> writing a song. Yes, writing a and, great song, and as they say, fate took took its tour.
2: Yeah, we had no intentions of trying to write something for radio. The whole time, I remember two words we kept saying: catchy and conversational. That's all we cared about. If we ever got to the point to where we felt like we were being too singer songwritery and trying to be too clever with it, or trying to make it to where oh, well, this is what radio would want to hear, we backed up. And we right. thought, well, let's what what's catchy and what's conversational. Let's just have fun with this, and because it was such a pop country feel, there wasn't really any artists on country radio that was doing that. Right. And we, we finished it, and Forrest did the demo, and they pitched it around to every female that was <laughs> here, and everybody passed on it. They said, no, that's <laughs> country radio. And right. then they decided to release it on Kelsey, and apparently, it was just a little before its time.
1: So.
0: That's, yeah. I just love that. And, you know, you're talking about 2014. We actually interviewed Kelsey Ballerini in two, February 2015, yeah, February 2015. after that, when that song was just, yeah, uh, yeah it was Tony number twelve. if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. it was number 28 at the time. <laughs> right. When, you know, when we interviewed mm-hmm. her, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so, as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of like a Blake Shelton, of a Miranda, of a Carrie, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes not just to get to their level, but even a career level within the entertainment world. And I always want to talk about this side of it because I think it's kind of glossed over. It is. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people will dive in not knowing what they're in for. And, <laughs> and you know, and, and even though it sounds great, you know, from day one to 18 months later, um, you had this you you know you're doing all that but there's a lot that happens to get there. So tell oh, us a little bit about some of the sacrifices and struggles you've had to go through even to get to where you are.
2: Yeah, there, there's a lot of people and everybody's timeline's different. You know, I've got friends that have been in town for 10, 15 years and still haven't had the level of success I've had. And there's been people that's been here two, three years that are 10 times as successful as I mean. uh, <laughs> here in t- 2011, and I did have things happen pretty quickly, but I started coming here in 2008, so oh, three years where I made several trips a year and stayed for two and three weeks at a time, and when I did that, I wrote with every single person I could write with. I would sit wow. in the lobby of the NSAI wow. and wait for someone to come in and say, hey, I'm trying to write with so-and-so in room four today, and they're like, oh, so-and-so called, they can't be here, and I'm like, I'll write with you, I'm Lance, and I <laughs> Could I would I would probably try to ride around ten o'clock, two o'clock, six o'clock, and then if I didn't have a six o'clock ride, I'd go to riders rounds at six. I'd go to another one at eight. I'd go to another one at nine thirty or ten. I was anywhere I could be, where I could be around songwriters, wow. yeah. listening to songs, getting to know people, getting letting them get to know me, and just diving into it seven days a week when I was here in town. And you know, you get to the point to where you know very few careers can you fail 95% of the time and still be one of the most successful in your career? But 95% of the songs, even most of us professional mm-hmm. songwriters, right, get told no and don't make it on a record or get cut. And it, it, you, I tell people, you got to have a lot of patience and that patience is with yourself and with your skills and patience with other people, because there's thousands mm-hmm. of people trying to do this, mm-hmm. but right. you have to be persistent. You got to be pleasantly persistent with <laughs> yourself and with other people and you got to grow alligator skin because you're going to hear a no a lot. And this town can can chew you up and spit you out in a heartbeat if you don't you know, if you don't have that will and determination and and that, you know, that solid foundation of why it is you're here to do what you do. And you're not going to let someone say no, knock you off your course of what your goals are and what you want to succeed.
0: You know, even with what we do, we probably get, cause I reach out to everybody. Um, oh yes. You know, we recently had Scotty McQuarrie on, which was really cool. But, <laughs> but for, but for every two to 400 emails I send, I get a Scotty, you, know? yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so we got, I got to a lot of rejection a month and it's sometimes it's like, are we, is this really working? You know, but then I also know that we've only, you know, a friend of mine wrote a book about podcasting. And and he talked to all the people a lot of people who had podcasts that they were living off of. And he, he said the average time that it took for a podcast to go from nothing, if you if you were not already known, um, but from nothing to actually making a living was three years. I'm like, okay, we're 18 months in. So we still got eighteen more months to get the average. So we Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah the main thing is it's just starting. I mean anything anything that that, that's your goal you can you can plan it to death you can figure out what you think needs to be done you can educate yourself and and do trainings and all that stuff but until you start doing it and, Mm and just jump in both feet first that that's when the real you know training begins uh because failure is one of the best teachers or the best schools that you'll ever have and that's whether it's your own failure or someone else's failure uh, of course you want to learn from other people's successes as well, but yeah. Uh, but but doing something and, and failing at it is to me is not a failure that you know you you learn yep. and you grow. And you know, a lot of people get comfortable and they think, no, nah, this is this is good and, and, and it's it's almost impossible to grow when you're you in a place of comfort. You've got to be uncomfortable in this business or you're never gonna find
0: and you gotta jump. Because like in two thousand nineteen, we actually wanted to launch this show in two thousand nineteen. And but we procrastinated. It was like, we you did, know, we, like well, small, what, do we do small, what do we do here? What do we so do here? What do we do here? And finally at the end of 2019, I'm like, you know what? We're launching January 3rd. That's it. And we did. And you know, and now I'm thinking, you know, but again, the timing was so perfect because it was right before COVID. So that kind of catapulted yeah, the show. But but at the same time, I we could have went 2020 with you know what when if we didn't launch in january who knows maybe in when COVID happened we might have said well now's not a good time to launch a new show yeah. when yes. it actually would have been the best time to launch but you know <laughs> we you know you have to go because we've learned so much i mean you can't do 400 interviews and not learn something yeah and, and it's been a lot of pain a lot of sacrifice but a lot of fun and talking about yes. fun when you look back on your career what are some moments you're like, wow,
2: man, for me, on the writing side, it's, it's when when I'm in the room with either a, a close friend or a complete stranger and we're both willing to kind of <clears throat> take our hearts out of our chest and put it on the table and create a song that didn't exist before we got in there. And when we finish it and we listen to it and we're like, man, this is awesome. To me, that's the peak of the song, regardless, <clears throat> Excuse me. If it, if it gets cut or goes on to be a single on the radio or, or you know, award winning kind of thing. Nothing really surpasses that moment of the feeling as soon as you create it. Yeah. Now, on the artist side, the cool thing is, is I get to take those songs then and go out and perform them. <laughs> and the height there is not only the fun I have on the road with my band and my brothers and my sisters. We have so much fun on the road traveling. I love that but when you see one of those songs that you created touch someone and affect them and have them come up to you and tell, tell a story, Hey man, that song such and such means this to me or reminds me of this, or I've got to look at this video of my little three year old dancing to the song and that now you're a part of their story and wow. you started with something that didn't exist and you created it. And then you met someone that you didn't know who they were and you impacted their life and you put a smile on their face or you put a tear in their eye to that's make what it's record.
1: about, a- mm-hmm.
2: and, and those are the moments where you realize that, that there's a purpose that you're here for. And yep. that's when yeah. you're starting to realize what that is.
0: Yeah. Cause you can win all the awards you want. You can have every number one you want, but nothing matters unless it's touching people.
2: Yeah. You can take all these gold <laughs> albums, platinum <laughs> albums, the awards behind me, the number one plaques away, take all that away. Uh, I'm fine. But you take the relationships and the friendships and the memories that we've made through the last 10 years of me living in Nashville, I'd be a wreck. I don't know who I would be without those people in my life.
0: You know, April was the first time we ever visited Nashville. We visited again for July 4th week. And so we we were one of the crazy people down there with 400,000 people watching the fireworks. Yeah. and then we end up uh, and we're going back for my 50th birthday in August, at the end of August for mm-hmm. a week. So we can't stay away. So, you know, we we're love it. Yeah. within the next nine to 12 months, we are planning on definitely moving there.
2: That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, there, there's something magnetic about Nashville. And there has been for for a while. The show Nashville helped a lot as far as showing, you know, yeah. kind of the fun, you know, mm-hmm. not novelty, but the, you know, the real life of Nashville and how it can be. And one of the last censuses I saw had like, I think there was 53,000 people that had songwriting as their profession, even though there's probably only probably five, 600 professional songwriters in Nashville. But aside from that, man, you got, of course you got the sounds and you got so much going on here, the country music history, all the other, you know, business that's going on here and, and it's beautiful. And, you know, if we had an ocean, it'd probably be the best place on earth. <laughs>
0: <Absolutely>, <laughs> and, yeah. It's funny you say that because i have always wanted to move to Florida. I love the we beach. Love we the know coast. we live at, yeah. we live in Savannah. So we live, we're at the coast. I'm used. I've been at the coast since 14. I'm about to be 50. So I'm a coastal guy and that's really the hardest part. I'm like, there's no beach there, but then there's <laughs> everything else. Everything and, else yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. cause I'm like, you know what they need to put, cause one of our favorite churches is in Sa- in Charleston called Seacoast. I'm like, they need to put Nashville and Seacoast church down in Florida. And we I'd be perfect. <laughs> but you know, yeah. can't have that. So the best right. of it, I guess, is we're gonna to move to Nashville. Cross Point Church is the church we're planning on attending. Yes. We love that church yeah. too. But again, it's one of them things where Nashville is just one of them things where it just sucks you in. Oh yes. We love being around all the music there.
2: Yeah, and, and you got such of a melting pot of people and cultures here because people move around from all over the country here. And at one point, there was you know a hundred or two hundred people a day moving to
0: Nashville. I think it's about that again now. I Think I think y'all pretty much have got right back where you were before COVID.
2: Yeah, it, it's been crazy. I, I'm during COVID with music shutdown, I started flipping houses with two friends of oh, mine wow. who've been oh, doing wow. that for about eight years, and we flipped three during 2020. And now there's such there's low inventory. It's almost impossible to get a house to flip it because even ones that, that, you know, you typically could get them for 10, 12,000 wow. under what they're asking
0: mm-hmm.
1: now they're
2: over 30% over ask. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I bet you
0: wish you could have bought maybe 10 to 20 homes during the pandemic.
2: Absolutely. yeah. Cool. It's, it's, wow. yeah. <laughs> I mean, for real estate, the best time to start is 20 years ago and the second yeah. best time to start is right now. So I'm, yeah. Yeah, we're still actively looking for our next flip or next <laughs> opportunity to buy a rental, or I may turn my current house into a rental and and move just a little bit out of town.
0: <laughs> get
2: that ball started rolling.
0: So you do a mentoring program? Tell us about that.
2: I do. Yeah, it's something that I've been doing off the books for since 2015 through organizations like NSAI and Global Songwriters to where. And Debbie Champion, or not Debbie Champion, uh, Barbara Cloyd, and other people would call me in, and and I would talk to writers and evaluate songs, and talk to them about my journey and things like that. Uh, and they've since I do more of the artist things. Every once in a while, they would call me and say, "Hey, we don't have an artist mentor, but you're an independent artist, and in you're and now you've signed a record deal with Toby Keith." Would you talk to this artist? Because we don't have someone who's like a a dedicated artist mentor. And I'm like, absolutely, send them my way. So I've been doing that for a while. And probably around 2018, I started writing business plans on what would it look like. And I was looking at organizations like Songtown, like NSAI. And it's almost impossible to get into that space and not be kind of like everybody. But I thought, what can I do to be kind of like everybody, but also fill in the gaps of what they don't do? Yeah. And me, me not being a big organization or a nonprofit, I don't have to be so politically correct. I can be honest if your song sucks. I can tell you. <laughs> I don't have to sugarcoat it. I can be honest <laughs> with you. I don't think this song is to the par to where you need to start meeting with publishers. And, yeah. and I can have a little more one-on-one approach. So yeah.
1: What, yeah.
2: pandemic, again, a silver lining of it is it put me on my butt for a while with the surgery and everything. And it gave me a chance to pull out. I had like three different business plans and decided and stu- I started to just do a course for artists, uh, yeah. one for touring, one about merch, one for rehearsals, one for live stage production. And I thought no. and my friend Forrest Whitehead does a thing called Music City Playbook where he's doing courses for production. Sure. And, songwriting. and I thought, well, I don't want to, you know, he's doing that right now. I don't want to jump into doing courses and be a direct competitor with him because I'm, help- I'm, I'm going to help him any way I can as well. And I met a guy on an app called Clubhouse that builds communities. Yeah. Yeah. And so I decided to build a community. And a lot of people do courses and then do like a Facebook community. And, and I kind of backed it did it backwards where I'm building the community first. And once we get a lot of material in there a year from now, I can take all that material and start building smaller courses put it out there for Mm -hmm. folks that aren't in Nashville to where they can have access to someone here. And if they like the course and they want to go deeper into it, well, here's this community that we've developed and we've got all these members who right now we've even got people who are sync licensed folks who have done stuff for T-Mobile and had stuff in movies. We've got published writers. We've got, you know, musicians that are, you know, world-class in there. And we're just now starting, uh, we've been about four months in. I'm just now kind of letting the world know about music row coach, but, if you're an artist or you're a songwriter and you're wanting to figure out what it takes to make it in this business and do it to where you don't have to live on your own failures and your own mistakes, <laughs> I've got 10 years of them that I can teach you. And, <laughs> uh, and, and, and I love helping people. And if I can shave two, three years, four years off someone's career by keeping them from making Speaking
0: those of that, what would <laughs> you say is one of your biggest mistakes you made at the beginning of your career that a lot of people do make?
2: probably one of the biggest mistakes I made was was thinking that if I went into a publisher's meeting and they loved my song, they were going to be able to pitch it and get it cut that day. And it would be on record the next week and I would be a a, a big time writer. But the core of that is thinking that the publisher, that my goal for the publisher meeting was have them fall in love with a song. Like this publisher is going to love this song and in turn love me, in turn (laughs) sign me. But what a publisher meeting does is it lets them get to know you. And if you yeah. can't build that relationship, you know, going into business with someone where they're going to be paying you twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 a year for two, three years. And you're constant, like every day in there with them. You want to make sure that there's, you know, a good relationship there, whether it's yeah. music or not. And you've got to go in and I tell writers, I said, one of the biggest mistakes I did was going into those meetings and playing them songs I thought were my best, hoping they would love them. And now I tell all my friends, the first publisher meeting you go to, you don't have to play a song. You can go in there and instead of guessing what you think they want to hear, ask them to play you a couple of songs that they're really excited about right now. Ask them about their writers, what made them want to sign them? What is it that they're needing right now? And once you get that information, then you can go into your catalog and go, okay, instead of playing these four songs I was going to bring you, I'm going to bring this one song because that might fit it a little better. And that's just going to put you in a better position because if you go into that first meeting and play the wrong songs, it may be two, three months before you get back in there with them, if ever. But yeah. if you take that first meeting and build that relationship and that rapport and find out what it is they want, you can come back into that next meeting and be set up a lot better.
0: Man, I really love that. I would have never thought that if you right. know, um, but that makes a lot of sense does, because again, you know, when you're dealing with other people, you don't know what their tastes are, and you might play, like you said, play something that they just don't like. It's not that you got a bad song, right? Is that, not that what they don't? They're looking. For. That's not if what they're they
2: looking. What they need most, young songwriters, every time they go into a meeting or when they meet a writer out. Like I have so many people come up to me that I've never met in my life, that I've never heard their music and they see me play on stage and I get off stage and they come up and go, Hey man, we should write sometime. I'm like, (laughs) that would be great for you. I'm sure. But what what (laughs) would that be for me? Who are you? Uh And they may be the next Garth Brooks. I don't know, but young. And I say young, they could be 60, but new, new to music. Yes, They think, all right, what can these publishers do for me? What can this writer do for me? What can the, to make me have success? And instead of doing that, their mindset their mindset should be: What can I do for this publisher? What yeah. can I do yeah. for this artist? How can I add value first before I ask for something?
1: Oh wow! Um,
2: a lot of folks come in asking for the moon without putting any value out to who they're asking for. So I go into that publisher meeting as a young writer. Hey, listen to these four songs. Tell me you love them. Get, get them. <laughs> oh, by the way, I know you got these other seven writers over there. You're paying thousands of dollars a year for, but forget about them right now. Just just get my phone mm-hmm. cut. That's what I need. As opposed to me walking in there and going, tell me what you need. How can I help your company? How can me as a writer bring value to you? Mm-hmm. Wow. And I'd I love that. Last I
0: night,
2: reading mean, that
0: spot. I mean, I would have never is. even thought of it looking at it that way. But that's so spot. Like um, Susan said, she said, "Spot on advice." That's so. I mean, again, it makes so much sense. But yet, no. But most people have such most a big ego that they think can't of it the go other that way.
1: way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You. I mean, and there, there's a lot of folks that come to town that are that are big fish in small ponds where they're from, and they're mm-hmm. super talented but I have a friend of mine that just started working for a major management company and he was there for probably about two months and we went and had lunch. And he goes, dude, he goes, you've been here a lot longer than me. You may understand this. When I signed over there, I had two or three artists that I know are great artists that are working their butt off. Mm -hmm. And I thought I would be able to introduce them to these people and they would want to sign them because they're great. But he goes, it's not about being great. It's about being great and not, being in the same lane as someone else that's at that company already. If they've got someone that's even close to what you are, then then it doesn't matter how great you are. They've already got that. So okay. you're, you're not going to have value to them, even though you're great. So <coughs> You just got to either wait and be patient or you've got to go out and you've got to learn about all these publishers and learn about all these companies and find out what they've got, what assets are in place and what holes are there. And if you're a phenomenal lyric writer and you're not a great musician, don't go to a company that's got four amazing lyricist writers come there. Find, find one that's full of producers and try to go in there and work with them. And, and, and you got to find what you do best and then you got to figure out what your weaknesses are and try to build those up. There's a lot of people like Forrest. You know, when he came to town, he was a phenomenal guitar player, but he wasn't a great producer, but he wanted to learn.
1: So you year wow. learning
2: Pro Tools and the skills that he learned being able to do his own demos got him into a lot of rooms that a person like me that can't do demos won't get into. So mm-hmm. you can add skills to yourself to make you more valuable for the companies that you want to work with or the artists you want to work with.
0: That, that's like even our show. I think that we've been a unique show because of our marriage. Yes, we bring her, and we bring <laughs> because you know, and we, ask which in a little questions. while we bring it on a little one oh, and yes, He got three much. questions now instead of one, like he yes, did last time. So he's growing right. the show. So well. I think you know that that's part of what makes us different. And we've got we've I think because of the family atmosphere, we've had a lot of young actors and actresses that PR companies have trust us with uh, the young teens and all that mm-hmm. that are in, on Disney and on Nickelodeon because it's a safe
1: space for them to come on here. To yep.
0: talk to us. <coughs> now, the video we're going to play, the lyric video, tell us oh, a little bit
1: yes, about that. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah. Uh, my plan, just to back up a touch was going to use 2020 touring money to do a new record to release in 2021. Well, we all know what happened with 2020. There was no money no, to no be made, and I couldn't go another year without putting out new music, but I didn't have a lot of money to do it. So what my workaround on that was is I put together a demo project. And when you record a demo, it's for demonstration only. You're not supposed to be able to put that out and, and monetize it. Yeah, the way You yeah. can do that is I went to producers that I wrote these songs with who did all the production themselves for the most part. And I got them to sign off on a work for hire to let me release it as, as a master recording oh, wow. so I put 12 together. knowing that 2021 may not open up as quick as it has. And I said, I'm going to do one song a month. And that, that was kind of my goal. I'd never done that. And I want these 12 songs. They're, they're not necessarily songs that would fit perfectly in a Lance Carpenter country record. Like
1: yeah. a few of them
2: that could, but they, they weren't the top of the list. And there's a few in there that are completely kind of left field. And this is one of those where this was a total accident. I call it a happy yeah. accident. I wrote this with my friends, Pavel and Steve Diamond specifically for an artist in Europe for them to do a dance mix and put it out over there. Well, we we wrote the song. I sang just basically a scratch vocal sitting on a couch singing into an SM7, and we sent it over, and the artist didn't show up the day the producer was in the studio working on it, and he took my scratch vocal, I comped it, treated it, and put it in the song that he created and sent it back and said, hey, we didn't have an artist show up today, but I like this vocal, and I, I did this. I hope you all don't mind. Check it out. And we listened to it and we're like, holy crap, it's (laughs) it's a country EDM. It's like electronic remixed in Frankfurt, Germany uh, by a guy named Jonas Hahn. And (laughs) we thought it was cool. And I thought, you know what? I want to put that on that demo project because the whole purpose of the demo project, other than to get music out to my fans is, I wanted to shine a light on my co-writers and on the various producers I work with and to show yeah. them that I don't just write super traditional country music. I write a little on the rock side, a little on the Christian side, a little on the pop side.
1: Yeah, and I got yeah. to
2: put these songs out without having to be in a box. And a lot of people, oh, wow. you know, it's good to know what you do and sometimes to stay in your lane. But for me, I'm super creative dude as a writer. And I wanted to show the different sides. And so I put out this demo series and, this song turned out so good, and, and we did a lyric video, uh, and I think that's what y'all are about to see right now.
0: Yep, awesome. I love that. Yes. So let's sing. It's called "You're Beautiful," right?
2: Yes, it's called "You're Beautiful."
0: But here we go. Let's play it. Like a
3: flower in the spring after April rain. Or the sun dancing bright through a window pane, Like a star falling out of the raven sky Or a slow rolling field full of fireflies You make it look easy, like waves in the ocean You're better than perfect, you don't even know it You're beautiful Everything about you makes everything around you so beautiful From the inside to the outside, let the world see you shine Don't hide your heart, love who you are You're beautiful, you're beautiful, oh-oh, beautiful You're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're beautiful beautiful. Oh-oh, beautiful, you're beautiful meant to hurt, they can break it. Feel your head full of doubt, try to change you If you could see what I see when I see you You'd put that mirror away and just be you You make it look easy, like waves in the ocean You're better than perfect, you don't even know it You make it look easy, like waves in the ocean You're better than perfect Don't even know it You're beautiful Everything about you Makes everything around you So beautiful From the inside to the outside Let the world see you shine Don't hide your heart Love who you are You're beautiful You're beautiful You're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, oh oh, beautiful, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're beautiful. Beautiful, you're beautiful. Oh, oh, you're beautiful, beautiful, you're beautiful. Love it, love it. Man, that was great. Awesome. Song.
2: Thank you so much. Yeah, it's just, it's fun. It's unlike anything I've ever done, but it was just too fun not to include in this project.
0: Yeah, it was it was definitely really cool and all that. And, yes. You uh, know, again, you know, you just never know what you're going to create as a songwriter, and and it's mm-hmm. cool that you get to do both, where you're the songwriter and the artist. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah, it is. Uh, I, like I said, I've never been liked to be put in a box and said this is all you can do. I've always had a big hat rack. I've always been the jack of all trades, master of none. So to <laughs> be, be able to you know you know spread out and do something that I guarantee you there's a lot of my friends that are out there going, what what you do? Hell? and then there's other people out there that's going, dude, this is killer. Like, that's great. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's it's something that I'm, I'm proud of and, and I'm excited to see all the reactions we've had out there. And we've been doing a, a campaign asking people to, to submit videos on talking about someone beautiful in their life and oh, wow. doing things like that. And, and we've had tons of people, you know, sending in videos and, been great seeing them and then try to share them out
1: to folks too.
0: Love that. Yes. Um, so as you know, a lot of people, they see you as the artist and songwriter, but they don't see the teams behind you. And in our opinion, the teams never get the love they deserve. They don't. So take a few moments just to tell us about the team that helped you be who you are.
2: Man, there have been so many, you know, I think whenever I think it was Sharice Spaltori, who was one of my one of my first champions. She used to be the national membership director of NSAI, and now she, she's the, the founder and president of Global Songwriters Connection. Uh, she told me early on, she says, When you see someone standing on stage accepting a, a CMA or a, at a number one stage accepting award, there's probably mm-hmm. a thousand people behind them that impacted their career in some form or another. Yeah. And, you know, for me, songwriting, every single co-writer I've ever written with has has been some iron to help me sharpen my tools to become a better writer. And if I had to guess, I've probably written with, you know, 400, 500 people in my career. And, wow. my, of course, my first publisher, Jeff Carlton, that gave me a chance. Uh, and then Tim Hunsey, uh, who I wrote with for a long time, was instrumental in that. Uh, of course, NSAI was kind of my first. That's when I Googled songwriting. I found NSAI, so Bart Herbson yeah. and over there are incredible folks. I've had mentors like Kent Blazy and Steve Seskin and Bobby Pinson and River Rutherford and so many others that have been a part of me learning from their writing and, and, and just trying to become as good as they are just to deserve a small spot in their shadow of songwriters. And, of course, all the country artists like George Strait and Garth who – you know, are the conduit that allows our songs to get out there yeah. uh, on that side of it. Of course, my family have been super supportive and all that. And then when I when I signed my record deal, I had a manager at Mandy Dixon that, that worked with me. I had a, a publicist, uh, AQ, and I had uh, um, uh, Elaine Shock was, was doing my PR stuff. And there were just so many folks. Kristen Barlow was a photographer we worked with. Uh, and there was just so many folks, the Show Dog label. Toby was awesome to work with. And there, there's been so many. And it's, you know, teamwork makes the dream work. Yep.
0: Let's uh, and, mm-hmm. yeah. and, you know, speaking of teams, we have a third co host, our nine year old that we let yes. come on. So, Sandy's going to get him, him, him exiled. Yes. That in the room.
1: I will what do, do that. Okay. All
0: right. And we got a two year old daughter that when she gets older, she'll be plugged into the show too. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we are family affairs. So you <laughs> no, can't true. say that every guest will always be family oriented, but you know, but our side will be.
1: Yeah, <laughs> there's
2: nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It, it takes all kinds of kinds. I think it was Miranda that recorded that song.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> here he comes. Hi, Lance.
2: What's going on? You're
0: going good. So uh, what's a fair food? <laughs>
2: My favorite food is probably pizza. Mm-hmm. I, it's hard for me to turn down a steak and a baked potato though. <laughs> and
0: what's yours? Mine is uh, pizza. Hey, I'm right there with you. You could eat it all day long. Yep. All right. What's your favorite TV show?
2: My favorite TV show? Uh, gosh, probably there's several. I love TV shows. That's one of my escapes. I love NCIS. I'm a big Mark Harmon mm-hmm. fan. Uh, here recently, I've been watching a show that was on the CW called The One Hundred. My sister mm-hmm. kind of took me onto that show, and I'm almost done with it. Uh, and then I love shows like Shark Tank and Undercover Billionaire, and then anything on HGTV like Hometown or Property Brothers uh, or Chip and Joanna. You know, I love those renovation shows.
0: Wow! And what's yours? My SpongeBob. Hey, Squarepants! I feel you. Yes, <laughs> And what's been pretty cool is he watches a lot of the Nickelodeon Disney shows. And because we bring on artists and actors, we, um, he can, um, he gets to talk to a lot of, a lot of the people that, that from his Disney shows. So that's been pretty cool.
2: That's cool. You got another question for me?
0: Uh, yes. What's a favorite movie?
2: My favorite movie is Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. Kevin Costner is one of my favorite actors. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's a combination of action and adventure and romance. And I'm kind of a hopeless romantic when it comes to that stuff. But I'm also, you know, one who loves being out in the woods and, and things like that. And, and I love any movie where the good guy wins. So. Oh, wow. What's yours?
0: Mine is the Minions movie.
2: All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: he definitely loves that. We, we all know how many times we've watched all that. That's great. And, and our little two-year-old loves the Minions.
1: Yeah. They're
2: funny. Bye. Thank you so much for the questions, buddy. <laughs>
0: yeah, he, As you know, I think he had just one question that first time. I was like, he when he sat down, I was like, Oh, we forgot to change the first question. Cause you answered that. Of course, back then might've been different though. The answer, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you've wrote it with a lot of people, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that you have not written with that you would love to So who's an artist dead or alive that you wish you could co-write with? Lee Brass. Oh, wow. Oh, he's amazing. <coughs> yeah. We had him on the show um, we did,
1: last November. Last November.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm a huge fan of Lee's and I love the passion that he puts in his songs. Just every song he sings is is feels real to me and his mm-hmm. vocal delivery. I'm just no. a huge fan. You know, it would have been great to sit down with Johnny Cash and try to strum that out.
1: Cool. Oh
0: yeah. Hey, you know, I always loved the Johnny Cash story. Cause again, I went through 19 years of addictions and to, you know, until 13 years ago. And, but first five years of our marriage, she put up with a lot. So when we hear their story, we oh, see yes, us Johnny's. in their story.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so, you know, there's probably a ton of answers to this one. But what is a song you've heard that you wish you wrote?
2: Oh yeah. There's a ton of them. Uh, of course the house that built me is always one of the top of that list because it's so real. Uh, Alan Shamlin and uh, Tom Douglas wrote that. And the story behind it too, about how, you know, it was they sent it to Scott Hendricks and he put it on a disc for Blake to hear. And Blake was listening to it in his truck and oh, Grant heard it and, and just, in tears and said, I've got to record that. And oh, wow! They went back and made that happen. Uh, other than that, uh, I, I, I jokingly say, not really, but Amarillo by Morning by George Strait, because it's my mom's favorite song and it would be um, to have written my mom's favorite song, but <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. And what would you like your legacy to be as an artist and a songwriter? What would you like to be known and remembered for?
2: Gosh, that's a tough question uh i mean just a good person just a good human you know someone i i guess i can kind of i'll I'll tell a story when i was in fourth grade our teacher gave us this like little workbook to fill out kind of like what life was going to look like what your job was going to be who you're going to be married to how what you're going to live your kids dogs things like that and at the time i i loved axes and i love i thought fire trucks were really cool so at first i wrote firefighter fireman and i went through all the thing. And and then I I thought about it and I've been blessed to have a very diverse upbringing with my, my dad being a very outdoorsy person and he can, you know, hunting and name any kind of animal wildlife species there is. My grandpa was more on the finance side and, and could build anything. And then my other grandpa was a carpenter and then my stepdad grew up on a farm and does all that. So I had a very diverse upbringing. And so there was a lot of times where when someone needed something in my small hometown, they called my family and my fourth grade mind erased firefighter and wrote, I want to be the old man people call when they need something. So, you know, I'm I'm a connector. I love helping people. And, you know, I, I just, I, I want to be that person that you know, if someone needs something, I may not be the answer, but I can try to help you figure out what well,
0: need help us connect with, um, Toby Keith,
2: <laughs> 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 uh, anything like that, you know, just trying to help people. I love helping folks. So just, awesome. you know, a good person, you know, yes. good son, good brother, good friend.
0: Awesome. Exactly.
1: And if you could relay any message to your fans, what would you want to tell them?
0: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: always the first thing that comes to mind whenever All I think of right. the fans. Without them, you know, a, I don't know what the Lance like, carbon artist would look like. Uh, but thanks for, for for being on this journey with me and for, for being, being the energy that fills me up, gets my boots back on stage every night, and it, it inspires me mm-hmm. to get into a room to write on to hopefully touch you. Uh, in some way, make you laugh, make you dance, make you cry, and, you know, just for for giving me, giving me something to, to look at when I'm sitting at the tables of chairs.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. I definitely love that. Um, so as we come to a close here, what's next for you?
1: Gotcha. Uh I'm diving a lot
2: into the coaching and mentoring. I'm absolutely still writing a ton and recording new music. And I'm always going to do that. Uh, since I've left the show dog label, I'm I'm not necessarily looking to sign another record deal. There's It's okay. such a demanding thing to, to be on a record label. And, and when you sign a deal, you know, they, they basically control everything. And,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. you know, I'm not the kind of guy that wants to sit around for a year and let them figure out what's song. <laughs> be put out and then maybe put it out or maybe not. When I record something, if I want to release it, I want to put it out. So I'm I'm continuing to write songs and release songs and and build my relationships to try to get more things recorded. But I'm also helping a ton of folks that are on the kind of up and coming level with Music Row Coach. I love seeing people succeed. I love seeing their little breakthroughs. Uh, We had a breakfast yesterday with seven of them and and they asked me questions about my journey and and so I'm definitely going to be diving more into that and to find ways to to open doors for them that otherwise wouldn't be open. Uh, and then on top of that, me and uh, three other guys, investors, just invested in a, a, a place called the Buffalo River Resort just west of Nashville, about an hour. It's, huh. it's uh, canoeing and kayaking and camping and there's cabins and a big lodge. And we're going to start doing some events out there, some concerts. And then I'm also going to be able to do some remote retreats for my Music Row Coach members to do some riders retreats, do some, some workshops, get them here in Nashville and in front of some, some hit riders and some people in the business and kind of put our own spin on it.
0: Love that. So um, tell everybody how they can find you.
2: You can find me, I'm on social media. I'm probably on Instagram and Facebook more than anything else. I am starting to do some TikTok stuff. So if y'all, if y'all are on TikTok, y'all can follow my Patreon <laughs> on there too and and see what I do on there. It's kind of fun. Uh, and then my website's Lance So any of those any of those ways will get you
1: towards me.
0: I love all that. And we definitely enjoyed having you on we today, did. just like we did before. Yeah. And we look forward. A third time
2: down the road. Yes. Absolutely. You can. Y'all just let me know. Uh, you we
0: will. Have a great Thanks day. Thanks so much
2: for your time right. today. Thanks. See y'all. Thanks, Susan, for hey. all those.